All right, we're recording. It's the premiere episode of the podcast that's finally happening. Um, my name is Lisa. And I'm Jessica. Here I am! And this is the Sexy Scary Book Club. Um, we are going to be talking about our favorite genre of literature, paranormal romance, or I guess urban fantasy is another name for it that I actually had never heard before until I was looking up reviews for the book we're doing. (laughs) So um, clearly I'm very knowledgeable in this subject. Um, so, so yeah. So why, why did you want to do this podcast, Jessica? Um, you know, because I got a lot of love for the paranormal romance and I think a lot of people out there do at this point. Um, honestly, when we met, it was like this like whispered secret, like there, I don't even remember what you, you dropped something. And like my little ears were like, oh, she might like paranormal romance. Like, is she into this too? Um, <laughs> so I think there's a lot of like people out there that are into it, but it's this little like whispered thing that, um, you know, it's stigmatized. Yeah, it is, and I understand why it is, and I'm sure we will go into that um, as we discuss some of our favorite books. But yeah, I, I think people really like to talk about this stuff, so let's do it. Yeah. I mean, also, it's just entertaining. I mean, look, we've talked about this too. I've read other things. I, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm well read by any means, but certainly I've I've read books of many different genres. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always been a a voracious reader ever since I was a child. Um, and, And pretty much ever since I graduated college, I've I've exclusively read paranormal romance and I keep thinking I'll get tired of them because they are very formulaic a lot of them um but I never do I anytime I think oh maybe I'll I'll throw another type of book in there for good measure but it's it's reading is always such an escape for me that Mm -hmm. I those are just the worlds that I I gravitate toward. Those are the worlds I want to be in in my fantasy life. <laughs> you want to be with alpha men and the end of the world and possible death at every turn. Right. And, you know, monsters and monsters, uh, yeah. vampires and, and magic and all of the all of the things that go into that genre. Um, <laughs> and I can't believe a pod with all of the podcasts that exist out there, I, I can't believe that there still isn't one that's dedicated exclusively to this subsect of literature. Um, I had to look, and I think you did as well, because, you know, of course, quarantine 2020. Um, what a perfect year to start a new podcast. So here we are a year later, <laughs> finally getting it together. Um, and I, I thought to look the other day, oh, I wonder if somebody else had this idea, uh, during the last year, um, still no. So, you know, if that's because there just isn't enough to fill a podcast up, I guess we'll find out. Um, but yeah, I think it's long overdue and I know there's a fan base for it and it's not one I've even interacted with much, um, and I don't know why. I was just on Goodreads for the first time, actually, today, which, you know, 
true to form. I'm a decade behind everyone else with that kind of We've actually never been on Goodreads before. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> I was, you know looking at, at some reviews for the book that we're doing. And, um, I, I just realized there's, you know, there are so many people out there that read this and that review. Um, and it's almost kind of like, you don't want to talk about it with other, it's like this special thing that's mine. And, and part of me like, doesn't want to share that. Um, maybe it's fear of being judged because I know all of the things that are problematic about the genre. Um, but you know, so that, that'll be kind of an interesting part of this is to see mm -hmm. who contacts us if anyone does. And, and, you know, I'm interested to hear, hear from you guys about, you know, different books you might want us to cover or topics about the genre. Um, so yeah, this will be fun. I'm excited. I think that we definitely have a style that you and I are both drawn to. It's kind of how we connected. Um, so I, I mean, I would love to be challenged to read um, some of this genre that I don't typically gravitate towards. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Let's go. Mix it up. <laughs> uh, well, having that said, so what what is the book that we decided to do for our first episode of, of the Sexy Scary Book Club? It's, it's a big one. It's, it's Dark Fever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's a pretty popular one. It's been around for a while. Now. When did it actually come out? I should have, I looked, should have looked. Um, It's been a while now. Over a decade. I oh, know. yeah. Definitely over a decade. Yeah. Um, I think she's kind mm -hmm. of, she's a big name in this genre. And yeah. Really a great job. So I don't know. There's just so much out there now, but this is one of those, um, one of the first ones that you know, Lisa, you and I really connected over because mm. um, I, I think I recommended it. You did. I had never yeah. even heard of it before. And that's shocking to me now <laughs> <laughs> because it's so good. Oh, yeah. um, you know, this, of course, this is a series that, again, we're, we're super knowledgeable. We do our research. I don't even know how many books are out now. Um, <laughs> so maybe you looked that up. I don't know. The newest one just came out. Um, yeah, the, and, which is supposed to be the legit final book one. of the series. But well, that's been said before. Yes. But I do believe that this is really it. And neither of us have read that yet. That should be, no. we should no. make that clear. Well, um, I'm doing my reread. So yeah, exactly. With yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, this is my third time reading this book. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you can't just read one. I thought, because we don't want to make this a fever podcast. Obviously, there are however many books. Let's say 10. I don't know. Um, so we want to, we want to review not review, we want to cover a lot of different books. And so we had kind of decided, okay, we're going to talk about Dark Fever for our first episode. Um, and then likely we'll come back to this series, but we're not going to do Blood Fever, which is the second book next week and so on and so forth. Um, having that said, did I start reading Blood Fever immediately after finishing Dark Fever? Yes, of course you have to. I, it's, I can't stop reading it now. Um, so I'm going to have to fit in reading, you know, the next book we're going to cover in addition to my fever reread because I must reread them all. That's just, 
I have to. Why does reread sound so funny? To me? <laughs> <laughs> like reread. I don't know. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, so you recommended this book series to me, and I can't remember either how we discovered that we both liked this genre of of books. I you probably feel... asked me if I was like Team Edward or Team Jacob. <laughs> I mean, that's usually where it starts. <laughs> Maybe. <so. laughs> well, we worked at a coffee shop together, and I know that coffee shop had lockers. And I feel yeah. like you may have had something on your locker that I'm I'm sure I did yeah (laughs) and I had the locker right under yours and so I remember I would look at your decorate and so I can't remember what it was but I feel like something caught my eye that made me ask you someone put a picture of Edward on my locker at one point (laughs) yeah so I mean let's let's get into it so so dark fever is about this Southern Belle, naive kind of, uh, I don't want to say ditzy because she's not, um, vapid, I guess would be a better word for her. Um, that, that works. Yeah. At least to start who, who has an older sister who has traveled to Dublin, Ireland to go to school at Trinity um, and has been gone for some time at this point, about a year. Sure. Yeah. Uh, And she is murdered. And so the book starts with her sister finding out that she's murdered and realizing that the the Garda (laughs) or Gardi, I'm not sure how you say it, I don't know if we have any Irish fans, I'm sure we'll be told later. Um, the police in, in Ireland are are not going to proceed with the case anymore, and, and it's unsolved, and that doesn't sit well with her. So she decides she's going go to go to Dublin and figure out what happened to her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm sure everybody that is listening to this podcast has read the series. Or I should say, if you haven't, you sh- this is going to be full of spoilers. Right. So you absolutely should turn this off and, and read the book first. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then so shortly after she arrives in Dublin, she starts to see some funny stuff. <laughs> And realizes that uh, there are there's another another side to the to the world that includes the Fae fairies and Ireland and <laughs> Ireland yeah yeah um so what what about this what about this book is makes it a standout in the genre for you I mean honestly I just think that it is. So beautifully written. Like it pulls you in right away. Um, Camry Moaning is so good at like creating a scene um, and to where you're getting all these details, but you don't even know that you're getting them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really stood out on this last reading that I've done. Um, and then it just has like those, I mean, I hate to say like stereotypes, but like those things that you want in these kinds of books, right? Yeah. 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 
you have magic, you have a little mystery, you have um, a character that's definitely going to evolve because she has to, considering mm-hmm. what she's been thrown into. And then you also have a very sexy alpha male. Right. Um, <laughs> and chemistry. So it's got all the things that you like, um, yeah. what I personally like. Um, but I, you know, I don't, this, I have to say, this was one of the first paranormal romance uh, books that I read after Twilight. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a sprinkling of things that I read when I was younger. But like you said, like I graduated college and I kind of started just reading whatever I wanted. Um, Twilight started that. Um, and then this was kind of that next progression. And it was just such a like, wow, like what is this incredible world? And like, there's a romance of her going off to like Ireland. Like there's something romantic just about that mm-hmm. on, on its own. Um, kind of just fulfilling like these these dreams that I have. Um, right. But then you know, some magic and a whole bunch of other stuff. and. Who did you discover the series on your own or did someone else tell you about it? I discovered the series on Amazon. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I was like looking up books and looked at old like if you liked this, you might like this. And that's how I found it. And it should be of note that she and maybe you did mention this already, but she had another series that she had written previously that were essentially a, a series of standalones called the Highlander yeah. series, just Highlander. Highlanders? I don't know. Yeah, but they had some magic and... They did. And um, I did read them later on. So yeah, awesome. same. same. <laughs> and they are loosely, there is a connection to the fever right. world. Yeah. Because. But just one thing that really struck me with... Um, this series during my reread is just how she's such a smart writer because she obviously had like the entire series kind of fleshed out because she knew exactly what things to drop it sprinkle in along the way to to set things up for what's to come um and I think one of the things that was so clever about her is that she starts the series. It's written in the first person, and our narrator is is Mac Michaela Lane, the the protagonist of the story. Um, and she she is writing the the story of Fever from at some point in the future. So she's kind of telling her story that had already happened. Um, so I, I love when, I love that she gives you just the information that you need. She'll say, oh, I know reader, you must have, you know, questions about X, Y, and Z, and we'll get to that later. But for now. (laughs) It's funny that you love that because I was kind of looking over reviews of this book and Uh a lot of readers did not like that. Hmm. They found that really problematic. They're like, I want to know, you need to tell me, I need to know everything, but I I thought it was perfect. Like, I love the little yeah. thing yeah. of kids, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I have a feeling, um, because I should say that we have decided one thing we're going to do during each episode of the podcast is um, one of us is going to pick a good review and one of us is going to pick a bad review of the book um, and read it. And of course, you know, in, in my searching for reviews, I saw some of the bad ones and I just thought, oh no, I'm going to be so angry <laughs> because it's so hard not to take it personally when somebody right. is finding fault with something you love so much. That means the author. <laughs> What's that? 
Oh yeah, imagine being the author. Yeah, of course. Oh gosh. Yeah, I I I would make a deal with myself not to read the reviews. So yeah, let's let's talk about Jericho. <laughs> so you had mentioned something when we were talking about about this last weekend that you said Baron's he's not that bad. He's really not. <laughs> what did you mean by that? So I mean there's obviously there's a lot of critique out there about Baron's being that stereotypical alpha male um, is a bit abusive. Um, you know, this isn't anything new. This is the same critique that was made about, you know, Edward in Twilight and lots of these books, these, ma these males are considered abusive. But I don't know if I've just read a bigger chunk of what's out there at this point. But like, he's very clear with who he is, what his boundaries are, what he's willing to do for her, what he expects from her. Like, I think he's he gives her so many opportunities to get the hell out like to not get involved into this crazy ass world. And like, I, I don't know, I just didn't find him that terrible. And like, you know, rereading it, I realized like their dialogue, there's a lot of like light banter between them, which- He you paints don't, her think, nails. He paints which her nails. Honestly, I don't know if they would do that. It's been really fit, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think yeah. the one, the big, there's a lot of um, criticism and I can understand, like it is a little weird. She talks a lot about the bruises that are left on her body after a conversation with him. Mm -hmm. um, like he throws her up against the wall. Mm -hmm. No, I think he, he pulls her back and holds her tight. That's yeah, it. yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, even now when I say it, I'm like, that sounds bad. It does. Um, <laughs> but it, there's worse. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to feel called out and like, well, why doesn't that bother you? Because if that yeah. happened to a friend of mine, I fail to, to think of a scenario that would justify that. But I think we, it's, it's a fantasy. Like, yes. this is real life. Like, I mean, maybe there's really scary. Some people would say that there are, okay. Um. <laughs> I hope there are. Right? But these aren't circumstances that you would ever find yourself in. Um, and then we also have, you know, we know where this series goes. So we know mm -hmm. who comes, we know who Mac becomes. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, there's a, a certain understanding of why he's behaving the way that he is. It is ab abuse, yes, but it's a very specific kind of abuse in this world, this fictional world that is abusive. Like, there's nothing that he does that's not pragmatic. Right. And he is trying to prepare her for the things out there that are worse than him. And he's bad. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know what he is at this point. But certainly, Mac has... Mac does not trust him. Mac knows that there's something other about him she thinks that he's another she seer which is what they call the people who are able to see the fae with through their glamour um you know later of course we'll learn what he is but she knows that he's different she knows that he can walk into the dark zone at night and not be afraid of the shades and she knows that he can 
apparently dropped down 30 feet from rafters in a warehouse and not have broken his leg. So, you know, she knows that there's something extra about him. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, too, because as someone who's narrating the story, she voices doubts that she had kept from us, the reader, later in the story. She never mentions being suspicious that Jericho might have been her sister Alina's boyfriend until she's sitting on the stairs of the Lord Master's house flipping through the photos and wondering if it's... Of course the reader is wondering that. I just think it's so interesting that as as the writer, she must have known that that would be one of the things that the readers would suspect, but she wouldn't voice Max's suspicion of that until right before she learns that it wasn't it was unfounded. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you. I think there are much worse alpha males out there in terms of how they treat the the women of of the stories. Um, because a lot of the time I can't there's no reason for it. Yeah. It other than to just show the man as that alpha. Well, this ticks all the boxes of what an alpha male is supposed to be. But with Barons, it's like I said, it's very pragmatic. Like yeah. he's he's yeah. treating her this way to protect her. Protect her. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a big thing. Um there's a series that I'm reading right now and I won't say it because we'll probably read it sometime and I know that it's not your favorite um but like in that series the men the alpha men they're broken men like they have just been like destroyed and now they are destroying females like in these books right and then you know there's some redemption at the end but Barons is not broken Barons is fully formed like he knows who he is like he's very like he's whole and functioning he's just not a human like yeah. he's just a little something else so he's gonna behave differently but like you said like he's always pragmatic with what he's doing and why he's doing it um and it really really stands out like as you're doing a reread of this book and that's why i'm like the barons isn't bad at all like, <laughs> it's much worse yeah yeah um i actually had had not remembered where this book ended um because i forgot I forgot about, and we call him something different. I say Mal, Mal, you say. The vampire. Yeah, the vampire. Um, Um, Because I like to like, you know, French stuff up. I don't know. (laughs) I'd probably be like, I don't know. Don't listen to me. Well, it's got the (laughs) accent over the E, which is the same as in cafe. So So it definitely has the A sound at the end. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maluche. What do you say? Mal, you say? Mal, you say. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody out there <laughs> will school I us. Say sounds better. <laughs> what is it? Maluche? Yeah, because Mal, you say is like, hey, Mal, you Maluse, say. <laughs> Maluse? Maluse? I, yeah, I don't know. We'll go with yours, but I'll probably say it wrong. Um, Mal, Maluche. Mal- <laughs> I give up. I quit. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. What about what about this vampire character at the end who just like tosses Mac across the room? Right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, I forgot he comes back. Oh yeah. And that's all all I'll say because you know I think they set that up too at the end of the book. Um. Where was I going with that? I don't even remember now. <laughs> oh, just that I had thought. I had thought I had forgotten that she got beat up in the warehouse. I had a very I I remembered Baron's jumping down to save the day. Um but I mean, you know, she holds her own, which I guess is problematic. Is problematic. Out of nowhere suddenly she can just like kick ass and she yeah. didn't make a comment about it. She's like, I don't know what the hell's going on, but apparently I know how to fight and I'm really good at it. Yeah. I mean, I think we're just meant to believe that by virtue of the fact that she was born a she seer, she has been imbued with these magical ass kicking powers. They like- pull out when it's like tons and tons of rhino boys surrounding her because when she tried to take on the like nasty mouth guy right which is such and, a like, hilarious scene right and she's like freezing him because she's a null so mm. she can freeze Faye, which makes her really awesome because mm. she can freeze them and then kill them they can't sit away yeah but she she can't she's terrible at it like right it's her ass yeah, I agree. I that was the probably the part of the book that I had the most issue with in this reread, and I can't remember how I felt about it in prior reads. But yeah, because and I think maybe part of that is because so many of the other books that we read, um, there's been a real basis for that aspect of the female character. You know, she we training she starts out not knowing how to do it and then we go through the training with her or we understand why she had been training from a young age to be able to do this stuff and that's why she's such an amazing fighter now um so yeah i would have liked even if the answer is that oh she's just naturally good at it because she's a she seer i would have liked some sort of set up of that like something in, oh, you know, these strange things had happened to me where I was, you know, stronger than I realized I was, or I got right. mugged once and kicked the guy's ass, and that was shocking to me. Um, because, yeah, I felt like that was unearned. Right. But also necessary, because I think you would have had to uncover a lot more about Jericho if not for her being able to hold her own because if if he had had to protect her from all of that that was going on I think that she would have been it would have been a little bit more than a head scratch as to what was going on with him right I know so it was really interesting like rereading this book I was just like you know obviously I've read it all so I know the ending I know Mm -hmm. what well, well no I, you don't none of us do now yeah but like so i have this idea that i know he's definitely not human but mm-hmm. with just reading this book and really just focusing on dark fever it's not like you said there's hints that there's something more to him but it's not incredibly apparent how otherworldly he is well and we're meant to think that he's just another she seer yeah so i can't remember in my first read if i had any opinion about I mean I accept nothing at face value just because that's not the nature of storytelling there's always something more going on under the surface um but I don't remember if I thought that was 
plausible or not. So, I don't know. In the future, we'll be reading things for the first time, so. I did find a passage about her describing Jericho Barron. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. You want, I think everyone needs to know mm -hmm. what he looks like. All right, so, about 30, six foot two or three. He's kind of tall, it's not that tall. But. <laughs> he had dark hair, golden skin, and dark eyes. His features were strong, chiseled. I couldn't pinpoint his nationality any more than I could his accent. Some kind of European crossed with old world Mediterranean or maybe an ancestor with dark gypsy blood. He wore an elegant dark gray Italian suit, a crisp white shirt and a muted pattern tie. Why is it always with all the clothing? But anyway. Why is he wearing a tie? I don't know, but he wasn't <laughs> handsome, Lisa. This is important. He wasn't handsome. That was too <laughs> calm a word. He was intensely masculine. He was sexual. He attracted. There was omnipresent carnality about him in his dark eyes and his full mouth and the way he stood. He was the kind of man I wouldn't flirt with in a million years. <laughs> oh, I, not? Right? I know. <laughs> okay. He's like, he's exotic. He has an accent you can't place. He's olive skin. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know why I wouldn't flirt with him because... I would come off like a humongous goober and I just would yeah. want to save myself that level of embarrassment. But she does not seem intimidated by him in the slightest. Oh, no. She talks a lot about how attractive she is. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. She's very <laughs> she's very um comfortable with her looks. Oh, yeah. But still, she she says, you know, well, whatever. I mean, we know why she says all of that, because she's lying to herself. Yes. But she wants him. Right. Um, I mean, she said he attracted. Like, he just yeah. he not want him. He just attracts. It's what he is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, I understand why she has to do that. Because, of course, we need to see... It's not as satisfying when they come together if there wasn't a certain level of friction yeah. between them. That's like um, a thing too. It's like hate to love or something. Yeah. Like, mate. I don't know. <laughs> I made that up. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I mean, whatever. That's that's your standard romantic comedy recipe, right? They always can't stand each other until they can't get enough of each other. Um, but I, you know... Let's look at, like, one of the other females in the story, Fiona, who I'd kind of forgotten about entirely. Um, I, always, like, I always had a soft spot for Fiona, so I never forgot her. Yeah. I mean, I understand. Yeah, it's just, it's just in comparison. You know, she, of course, is, I think we're meant to believe, a longtime confidant of Jericho. I mean, I know we learn later that she was, but we don't know that much about their history in this book, um, Mac discovers that, you know, at one point at least they were in some sort of intimate relationship because she eavesdrops on that conversation between them. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there's, there's a contrast between those two characters. Obviously, she is very accommodating and will do whatever Jericho asks of her and wants to please him. Um, and then there's Mac, who comes in, and she's 
there because she has to be because she needs him because he has information and she needs his help and she doesn't have anyone else to turn to. But she is going to fight him every step of the way and question everything he asks her to do. Um, And that's, I love reading that. I love those kind of relationships. But I also think it's strange. Like if I were Mac, I would be like, oh, thank God someone's helping me because I have, I'm clearly out of my depth. Some strong, healthy man just wants to help me out. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Right. I mean, everyone says like Mac's so naive, but I feel like I'd be way more naive in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just be like, oh yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't be questioning him. He seems like he's got a good handle on what's going on. Yeah. Um, so it ends. I just finished the book last night. I swear I have I have the worst memory. Um, but it ends with her up on the rooftop, right? Isn't that kind of the last scene? And she's all banged up from her run-in with, with the dark... No. The Lord Master. Lord, the Lord Master. Master. I was going to call him the Dark Lord. I was like, that's not right. Um... Finds out that he's got some sort of a gate open to the unsealy prison. All these crazy fae roaming the city that wouldn't normally be there. Yeah. And he kind of makes a hasty escape while Maliche. (laughs) I'm just going to call him the vampire. (laughs) The vampire. Um, While he is uh, kind of trying to deal with her and, and Jericho. And she passes out and wakes up with him, with Jericho, giving her some, some medical attention or rushing her home, I rushing guess. Rushing her home. And she said, like, she thinks, she feels like they're flying. Mm-hmm. Which is another hint, like, Jericho is not. Right. He's not moving at a, at a normal human pace. But, I mean, I think what makes some of these books so great, like, especially Dark Fever captures this, where it's really normal, it is real world stuff that she's dealing with. That's true. But in an absolute fantastic way, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's you true. Know, the People's is sisters get murdered. Sister. and Yeah, she's lost her sister yeah. and she's grieving. And like, I think that Karen Marie Moaning like captures that. She really does. Well. Yeah, you're but absolutely it, it, right. She finds out she's adopted. She's yeah, having oh, a big yeah. one. I mean, she's having, like you said, she's, she's dealing with a lot of normal life experiences, but in this very fantastical world. Um, And I think that that's a great way for people to connect with the character. I don't know, but I guess a lot of people didn't connect with the character. Actually, do you want me to look up some bad reviews? All right. So you should say you took the bad review. I took the bad review. I took the good review. I had a really hard time just picking one. I, I did too. I have a couple as well, so. Yeah. We can make our own rules. Okay, cool. <laughs> We're in charge. This one just made me laugh. <laughs> this is Cardin Greenbrier's review. One star. And when did does it say when she wrote the review? March 16th, 2020. Okay. Oh, so it's a new one. All right. Current. Okay. Um, maybe if I had 10 or 20 dicks, or maybe Michaela's vagina, I would have found this sexy. 
but I don't. And maybe if I hadn't read anything in my existence, I would have found this book interesting, but I can't delete the good shit I've read for this. And for the love of feminism, can somebody please come to my house and explain me how bullshit barons and blame, blame, not blame. Oh, we didn't even talk about blame. Yeah. Yeah. So that, like, I read this, I'm like, what, what do you mean? Do you want me to tell you? All I can, I have, what's her name? Um, Pardon Greenbrier. Pardon Greenbrier. I will prepare a presentation for you and bring my whiteboard. There should be diagrams drawn. <laughs> but I mean, whatever. You like what you like. Blaine. Like, yeah, I know. I that that's a great oversight. Thank you, Miss yes, Briar. Pardon Greenbrier for. Breyer. I have a bad memory and I'm bad with names. I'm not trying to insult you in any way for not remembering yeah. your name. Um. Yeah, of course, Blaine. <laughs> that, Blaine that's so, another problematic scene. There that the- one is super problematic <laughs> for is. me. Like, everybody's worried about Baron. Apparently, I'm okay with a little bit of violence. But when we're getting to straight down exposing people and turning right. them on, even though... Without their consent. Consent. But that's super problematic for me. But yes. then, like, I, I mean, the whole concept of a death by sex fae is problematic it is it is but But also it's that's that's really drawing from that lore it is yeah so i yeah it's it's problematic certainly um however i also think it's necessary (laughs) i'm sorry i do i think that like anything else you have to to put things in in the right context with this stuff and the it's a fictional world um and not only that but it's drawing on historical lore uh that oftentimes was very problematic right i mean even if you're looking and i know there's no you know direct connection to this but i'm thinking of greek mythology which you know the greek gods are very fey like um that you know they were always coming down and raping women and getting them pregnant and you had all these half god children running around yep um and i you know i think that it's it's kind of necessary to put it into that context i mean certainly look i'm not trying to shame you if you are turned on by that because you know it's all about consent <laughs> if it's your, you know, if if that kind of power dynamic turns you on, then then that's that's totally fine. I'm not trying to, you know, slut shame anybody. Um, but I I don't think it all has to be. What am I trying to say? Consensual for it to be. Like, who was turned on by that, I guess is my point. I don't think the goal of that part of the story was to turn you on. Maybe I mean, I I'm think there, I mean, I mean, I think it's a little hot. Like, someone's just, like, this incredibly beautiful man enters and you cannot even control yourself because you're so overcome with the sexual desire and need that you keep slipping your bra off and you don't even know it because your breasts are just, like, pulsing and you have to get the fabric See, off your I skin. don't know. That doesn't do anything for me. I was, like, annoyed by it. I mean, not, like, in a 
feminist sort of way, although I probably should have been. But um, I will, because she was annoyed. I was really like in it with her, like, God damn it. And and it's also frustrating because you know he can turn it off, asshole. I know. Yeah, I know. But that's what makes it extra annoying. Right. Which um, that, that does kind of like hit a trigger, like, you know, a guy just being like, oh, I can't control it, baby. It's just me. <laughs> like, oh, <stop>. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I personally, if it were Barons, then I would have been all about it. Maybe it's just, I again, I don't remember what I thought about it the first time. Maybe it's just because I know the whole trajectory of that character that I am yeah. only annoyed by it through this reread. Um, Oh, and also I loved the little, the little, uh, exchange they had, you know, why can you walk in the dark zone, uh, her and Baron, sorry, I love the exchange they had, why, why can you walk into the dark zone and the shades don't care, why didn't you tell me you met Vlaine? Ooh, <laughs> I love how he just drops that in. <laughs> well, how do you know Vlaine? How do you know Vlaine? <laughs> I, and I, I'm, yeah, I love I can't wait to read more about those two. I can't wait till they're in a scene together. Oh, Baron's and Blaine? Yeah. Yeah. Their connection. Yeah, no, I actually love that whole, I was just noticing like the end of the book, they really wrap everything up and you finally get this dialogue between Mac and Barons that you've wanted all along where she's like, all right, you're answering questions right now. Mm -hmm. um, and he really does. He, he tells her a lot in Baron's yeah. ways. <laughs> Um, and that's so what she needs to know. He, exactly. <laughs> that's what we'll always do. And then he also, like you said, he gives her a little, like a little flirt, a little jab, like, mm -hmm. why don't you tell me, you know, you talked to Blaine. So, um, yeah. I just, well, I, I think that it's their dynamic is because, you know, she always is wanting more from him, but he always tells her what she needs to know because if he told her more, she couldn't handle it at this point. Right. So again, it's another, and yes, I know, I get it, I get it. He's being controlling, and how do you know what she can handle? And that's not for him to decide. She's a powerful woman. But there's only so much anybody can handle before your brain just melts. And he knows that she's not ready to hear what he is yet. Um, yeah. And the reader knows that too. Like, yeah. the way that her character's written, like, you know that she's not going to handle that right now. Like she doesn't want to go down that road right now. Mm -hmm. uh, needs things in little, little baby slices. <laughs> yeah. And I also, I forgot that we didn't meet Danny yet. Yeah. We'll meet her. I mean, we'll talk about her. Of course, she's a huge character in this world. Um, um, there's a lot of huge characters in this world that we haven't met yet. It's just like, it's so huge. <laughs> It's just such, it's, after you've read a whole series, everything kind of melds together in your mind, or, you know, you can't quite remember when this character or that was introduced, or, you know, even the sequence of events in which things happen. Um, and I just have to say, again, this is the third time I've read this book, and it's such a joy to discover it again. Yeah. Um, to kind of become reacquainted with these characters that you know their whole, um, well, again, we haven't read the last book yet, uh, but know where they end up and kind of 
walk with them through that journey now knowing that whole story. I was wondering if that's why, because a lot of people have problems with Mac being super naive and being whiny and wearing bad clothes. And I mean, they go on and on about her. Um, But I just like, I felt like it was this gift that I got to see this like young version of Mac again, um, Mm -hmm. kind of like discovering everything. And, you know, I, I just had no problems with her and I don't know why. (laughs) I mean, look, I, I understand those complaints and I totally agree with them. However, I will say, especially when you're an author and you know the story that you want to tell, and I think a lot of other series um, get this wrong or they kind of, they paint themselves into a corner because you have to give your character room to grow. Like if you don't give them enough space to really be able to evolve, um, then you're, you know, I'm talking to you, Laurel K. Hamilton. You probably should end your series because they've, they're not, yeah, they, they're not going anywhere else or they're just doing things that are not who you wrote that character to be. It has nothing to do with evolution. It has to do with you've painted yourself into a corner and now you have to put these characters into situations that you know that they would never be in because otherwise (laughs) you're just telling the same story over and over again and you don't have anything else to say. So, so yes, I mean, she's all of those things. She's all of those things that the bad uh, reviews say she is. Um, But she also grows up into this really complicated, I don't know if I'd call her sophisticated still, smart, capable, tough woman. And yeah. she is all of that to start with, but she's, uh, she's, <laughs> she doesn't want to have to care. She's young. Yeah. She's been in the same small town her whole life. Like, she just lost her sister so she's grieving so mm-hmm. she's walking through kind of this cloud of life like i just i think she behaves exactly how i would expect somebody to behave like yeah in their life with the upbringing they've had mm-hmm. with what they've experienced um and then i don't know i feel like i'm always fighting for mac because <laughs> i know that like but i also know the journey she's gonna go on so maybe it's you know yeah a lot of people use it kind of you know dislike Max, they don't go beyond this first book. So Yeah. I should read one of my reviews. I picked two. I picked this one, even though it is a four out of five star review. This well, I person always get four I'm picky. <laughs> huh? I always give four something. Yeah. Well, yes, but this person also shreds Mac and okay. still gives a four star review. So I just thought it was worth reading. Um this is also a review from Goodread. Um, It's by Katrina, and it was posted about three years ago, so it doesn't have a specific date. Um, What a great story, and it would have been even greater if it weren't for Miss Michaela Call Her Mac Lane. (laughs) Allow me to explain by posing some questions. One, you were warned that you were going to learn how to kill Faye. What do you wear? (laughs) A... Fabulous lavender shorts with a matching top and high heels. Oh my god, is that blood on your clothes? B. 
something cozy you wouldn't mind throwing away later because, you know, mutilated bodies and stuff. C. Does it even matter? Just give me a dagger. <laughs> 2. You realize your sister's killer may be hiding in the dark neighborhood that is inhabited by a cast of fae that suck your life force out until the only thing left of you is dried skin. What do you do? A. Head straight to darkness without telling anyone because you're so badass that Faye should be running away from you. B. Run to the opposite direction. C. Make a solid plan and get some help. <laughs> and three. You found out that the world is in danger and for reasons unknown, you are one of the few that can help. Put your priorities in order. You A. Oh, wait, no. Put your priorities in order. A. Pink nail polish. Hormones. Fate of the world. B. Hormones. Fate of the world. Pink nail polish. C. Fate of the world. Hormones. Pink nail what? <laughs> <laughs> yep, you guessed right. Dearest Max answers were solid A's. If you like your heroines Barbie-like, you're going to love her. She had her moments, of course, but she was shallow, impulsive, and self-centered to the core. I can understand her reservations to believe in the extraordinary, her reluctance to accept her destiny and her need for closure after her sister's murder. But that's it. I can't justify every single stupid decision she made, and trust me, there were many, and her fixation on her appearance when everything else was falling apart. But hey, if you, ki if you are killed in your sleep, you should at least be fashionable, right? Okay, I'm going <laughs> to call her out right now. So she answered her own question. Uh -huh. and she's like, why would you like be so obsessed with your appearance when everything else in your world is falling apart? Mm -hmm. That's why, dummy. Yeah, I <laughs> thought the same thing. Anyone dumb. Because but what can you control? Can you control any of that? No. Exactly why I think Mac is so fixated on her rainbow skirts and her mm -hmm. pink nails and her perfect blonde hair because everything is crumbling around her and it is the only thing that she can cling to that reminds her of who she is at all. Yeah. And obviously she's much more than that. Yeah. But like if any, like, I mean, I've been through some shitty stuff in my life and I definitely cling to these weird little superficial things just to kind of get me through, you know, like, mm -hmm. need that. And I, I totally, when I read this book, I see a young girl that is grieving and that is just trying to get by. And like, she even says many times, like, when she's doing her kind of like, you know, from the future little tidbits, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I was in grief. There's a lot of things were a blur. I made choices that, you know, I'm not really sure why they were made. So like, she's already explaining why she's making these choices and why she's behaving this way. So. And even aside from all of that, like let's, even if her sister hadn't died and she wasn't grieving, change is really hard for people to yeah. make. Um, and I think that when you're, you know, going through any kind of stressful situation, it's totally natural to kind of try to push against that and to cling to the things that are familiar to you. Um, so yeah, I agree. And, and you know, she does go on to say other stuff. I just thought it was funny because it doesn't doesn't read. It's it's a great She's a great writer, the person who wrote that review. Yeah, it was very engaging, but it certainly doesn't read like a, a four out of five star review. You know, she goes on to say, you know, it's fast paced and exciting and sexy and um, deserving of, of all the hype around the series. Um, it's got a ri rich mythology, um, you know, yeah. so there are 
but I just I thought that that was really funny and entertaining <laughs> and okay. I also totally yeah. disagree with it um I just I get really protective over Max so yeah <laughs> yeah no I I agree um I'll read you I just thought this one was funny I got this one on Amazon uh it was by a guy I I'm sorry I shouldn't say guy because I have no idea um the person writing the review's name is Travis and it was written on January 23rd of 2018. I will say I'm so happy I finally picked this book off my bookshelf and read it because OMG, I needed this in my life. It was so good. It was so good. It is rare that I find a book where at every moment I'm sucked in. Like usually there is a conversation scene in a book where I'm like, uh, hurry up. But in this book, not one. <laughs> I loved every second of this book, from the storyline to the characters to the mystery, and most importantly, the fantasy. I do warn you, though, do not read this if you plan on being productive, because it took a lot of willpower for me to put this book down. Oh my gosh. I don't, <laughs> so I'm better now because I was reading it for the fourth time, but when I first started reading this book, my husband lost me like, <laughs> for a month. Like I was just, I plowed through it and um, they weren't all out yet. Well, I mean, obviously the last one just came out, but I, I, th I think it was the first four. Mm, that's a terrible place to have to oh my God, end up. <laughs> I still like, I think I have PTSD from that damn thing because I, I threw, have, oh God. It's the only time in my life I've thrown my Kindle across the room. Yeah. Like I was so angry at that. I mean, I don't think, yeah readers out there we can all sympathize with that feeling um when you have made the terrible error to start reading a series before all of the books are out <laughs> oh it's I think it's way worse than a season finale because you don't have any sure idea of when the next book's coming out I mean look at the poor uh Game of Thrones people They're still waiting <laughs> Um, you know, you're, it's usually a good year, depending on how quickly they churn I don't out. Oh man, writers these days are prolific. Like, yeah. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. But I am so impressed with some of the authors that we read, and thank I know. God for them because I want to make that so clear too. Like, as we explore all these books, and obviously, we're not going to love all of them. It's going to happen, but I'm still just like so in awe of anyone. That like puts it out there. Oh and, my like, gosh! And creates a world. And yes. Characters. And like, what just... have I done? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you can write a book, you are my hero. Even if I think it's a steaming pile of crap, like. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like we're, we're certainly gonna be poking fun. Um, but yes, I have. I wish I could be a paranormal romance writer. Honestly, the number one reason that I I don't go for it, um, besides my horrible flakiness, is you can't read as much. Totally. That's the number one complaint I've heard from so many writers is that you because you're spending your time writing, you just you don't have time to fritter away reading. And I'm not willing to give that up for anybody or anything. <laughs> my like one great love like, yeah yeah I love too, but not like I love reading <laughs> yeah for sure um we've been it, this is this podcast is it's been over an hour now already 
Okay. And I feel like we barely skimmed the surface. Well, we didn't even really talk about what the book's about. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but do we need to? I mean, I don't, like, again, I'm assuming that everybody listening has read this series. So, I mean, I don't know. To me, I don't need to give, like, a synopsis or a rundown or even a review or a critique of every scene in the book. Yeah. Um, to me, I just... Honestly, I just want this podcast to feel like a, a fun conversation that I'm having with my friend because it is. And if other people want to listen to it, yeah, if other people want to listen to it, I think that's awesome. And I'm so excited to be doing this. And again, I, I, I hope that we get some listeners because I'd, I'd love to get some recommendations for what you guys want to want us to read and talk about, um, you know whether it's books or whether it's exploring like a specific theme that comes up a lot in this genre. Um, we're hoping to be able to interview some authors of the genre. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go, but um, maybe yeah. Let's start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, maybe maybe Karen Marie Moaning will be on our podcast someday. You never know. That'll be like the ultimate goal. And then when that happens, we will be done. Yeah, right? <laughs> you can't really, where can you go from there? Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, maybe we should have talked about more. You guys can tell us. We didn't we, talk we about the nasty episode. phase at all. Like, like how uh, they look like beautiful men, but then Max sees through it and they've got like, you know, what that one has like thousands of mouths on his yeah, head. Yeah, the many mouthed. The many mouthed Faye, and that is that. Yeah. Wait, wait. That's the when one she, she kills. No, she kills the gray man. She kills the gray she, man. The gray yeah, man's the one she she freezes me. him. And Which, then... We got to talk about that. One of the most like horrifying scenes in this entire book, maybe entire series, is when she sees the gray man sucking the life out of that woman, and the woman like knocks her head yes and, like, and the guy just kicks a chunk of hair falls on his foot yeah and he just like kicks it away <laughs> what <laughs> i thought that was a very bizarre reaction to that like if what? i just saw <laughs> somebody like visibly <laughs> rotting in front of me i don't know that i'd just be like <laughs> what i would take that chunk of hair away let me get back to my cocktail <laughs> right no totally i feel like that I would do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, take a piece of scalp and then drink this old fashioned and make it go away. Well, I'm not saying I wouldn't drink the cocktail. <laughs> I'm just saying I might ask a girl if she needs some help. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, the fair horrifying. Oh my god. Yeah, that's they're not cute, pretty, sprightly things. They're maybe that's what makes us be totally okay with barons and death by sex fay because they're not. These nasty they're not the worst thing out, out there. Like or shades. Shades are horrifying because they're one. Yeah, they're just like a husk of skin. Mm -hmm. It's like Ooh. that one movie, Night of the Comet. You ever seen that, that one in the nineteen eighties? No. Oh. It's like a campy movie, like a B movie. I don't so it's so funny. I love these books. I don't like, I mean, I like fantasy movies. I don't like horror movies. 
Well, like even fantasy bad. movies. I mean, I'm sure that's a subject we'll get into later about why, like, uh, why is it so hard to make yeah. them not horribly cheesy? Right. Well, I, guess, like, I think DreamWorks actually owns the rights to the Fever series. Yeah, they better not screw it up either. I don't think they'll ever make it. How do you cast well, Baron? Yeah, that's, I don't know, but I'll be disappointed, I'm sure. I mean, we can't even agree. No. We we always have way different opinions on casting for stuff, so okay. it's going to be a nightmare experience. <laughs> um, I actually heard that you can't keep the right. I mean, I guess it just depends on the contract. But a lot of times, like, you can purchase the rights to something, but then if you never do anything with them in, like, a certain period of time, they, like, go back to being up for grabs again. But it's probably just however, whatever you write into the contract. I'm sure it's different. Um, well, I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to say before we end our, our first episode? No, I think. Oh, what are we, what are we reading next? Hey guys, it's Lisa here um, coming at you with an edit. We realized after recording the first episode that we have so much more to say about the fever world. Um, so instead of doing a different book every episode, we are going to do the full fever series for season one of the Sexy Scary Book Club. Um, so we lied earlier in the podcast and we will see you again next week for book two, Blood Fever. If you guys want to send us an email with suggestions, uh, we've got an email account. It's sexyscarybookclub at gmail.com. So feel free to write in. Um, please be nice to us, though. <laughs> okay, on. Wait, we'll get better. <laughs> yeah, it's the first episode. And yeah. we don't know what we want to be. We're figuring it out. Um, it's like Lane, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so we're just being vapid, and um, you know, I gotta go paint my nails now, and and have my husband spank me, and we'll call. It <laughs> now that would make more sense. Like the whole like Baron's painting her nails was a like, kind of a stretch, but if there was like spanking and painting, I might have understood it. Dude, he wouldn't more. even spank her for fun. He would fall on me, like, like as a legit punishment. (laughs) You know, she'd probably deserve it, so. Yeah. Anyway, all right, well, bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye.